0: Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to everyone that is joining us here today for Emmanuel Church at Home. We are so glad that you are with us here today. Uh, First Sunday in March, we're so glad. Spring is in the air. Uh, Hopefully, you know, the weather has been fluctuating here in the city of Houston, but we are glad nonetheless that... Uh, We can move forward from the worst of the weather that we have faced this winter so far and we are glad that you could join us here online and you know we are beginning the month of March which means that we are beginning the Easter season which uh, next month, the very first Sunday of April, is going to be Easter Sunday, or Resurrection Sunday. And we, uh, we are excited for that. We are uh, in planning for that. We are getting ready for that. And we want you to know that there's going to be some uh, exciting things going on. So stay tuned and don't miss out on those, uh, on that news that's coming soon. We want you to be able to stay in touch, so follow us on social media. Continue to watch us on Sundays here at eleven thirty, and we we you 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 won't miss it. You won't miss it. And we are in celebration of Easter, and as we start this season, we are beginning a new series called "The Road to Easter." A little on the nose, yes, but we want to prepare for this season by going through the stories that lead us to the cross and lead us to the resurrection of Jesus. And that's what this series is about. We'll be talking about the stories in the Bible, stories of Jesus that led him to that point where he gave so much for us, where he expressed God's love for us, his love for us. And I'm excited to get into this series. I am excited for what God will have in store, and I hope that it blesses you. The idea behind the series is to go through and examine some of the roads that Jesus used, hence the roads to Easter, Um, throughout his time, uh, uh as we lead up to the cross. And so the first road we will be looking at is the ro- his road into Jerusalem, the road he took into Jerusalem. And if you're like me or anything like me, which I hope you're not, because I consider myself directionally challenged if it wasn't for GPS if it wasn't for my wife if it wasn't for other people helping me I would never get where I needed to go there are very few places that I can travel to without a GPS and thankfully you know GPS's are way better now that they're on our phones and easier to use easier to to um, find places but it wasn't always like that And I've always been like this. When I first learned to drive, I would like uh, um, find my way around based on landmarks. There was a tree over there and that big tree is where I know to turn. I didn't know street names and I still struggle with that today. But one of the things that would happen a lot to me is I would tend to miss exits And you might think, well, that's silly. Um, Maybe it is for you, but it took me almost an entire year of traveling to my school in San Antonio, from Houston to San Antonio, to realize that it was just a straight line down I-10. And it blew my mind once I realized that. I was like, oh, wow, I don't even really need a GPS for most of this trip because it's just straight, literally straight. And it took me a while, but I missed exits a lot. I still miss exits a lot. And one thing that happens to me is either if I miss an exit, I either decide that it's not worth it to continue on my journey. And I either just go home or I decide to go somewhere else. I miss the point uh, I, I, I could just easily reroute. I could reroute, I could uh maybe get off at the next exit, turn around. And sometimes I do that, but a lot of times I'm just it's so much effort that I'm just like, "You know what? Forget it. I'm going home or I'm changing my mind about where we're going" because This is, I just, I just always do this. It's too much effort to waste energy. And that might seem silly to you, but we do that a lot in our lives when it comes to our faith and when it comes to following Jesus. If things don't seem to be going our way, if there are things in our faith or things in our our walk with Jesus that just don't seem like this is what we signed up for, We might walk away or we might try to reinterpret our faith based on what we feel we want from God, based on what we feel we want from Jesus. And so that's what this road today is about. And the title of my message is Adventures and Missing the Point. Adventures and Missing the Point. And we're going to be looking in Luke chapter 18, starting at verses 28. And as Jesus enters into Jerusalem, this last week of his life, we start to see that there is something that the people are missing. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead and found it, as he had told them, And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near to the place where the road goes down from the Mount of Olives, the crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come when your enemies will build an embarkment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. We often miss the point that Jesus wants to make or miss what Jesus is trying to tell us, especially when we hold on to false expectations. The people that were surrounding Jesus at the point were the crowds of disciples, the twelve disciples that he had chosen, and the Pharisees and religious leaders of their day. And all that were around him were missing the point of what was happening in those moments. They were in celebration, hoping that Jesus would be something that he just wasn't. We see Jesus in this moment, fulfilling prophecy. The Old Testament prophesied that the Messiah would one day come, the coming one would be enter into, and enter into Jerusalem on a donkey's colt that had never been ridden. And he was fulfilling this prophecy in this moment. He was doing what he was supposed to do, doing what needed to be fulfilled. In fact, in John's gospel, they tell us, John tells us that the disciples that were with him didn't even realize that this had happened, didn't even realize what was going on until after Jesus had been resurrected. And so we already see that by that commentary in the story that the disciples, the one who were closest to Jesus, were missing the point. The disciples who were surrounding Jesus and singing His praises got it wrong too. They were laying down cloak, cloaks and palm tree leaves and shouting, Hosanna, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming one, the Savior. They were they were crying out to Him as the Messiah. Yet they did not understand what that meant. The, the Pharisees and religious leaders... Neither, They assumed that the Messiah would be something different. See, everybody has these expectations that they carry with them. And it follows through us in life. And and we even put expectations on God without really wondering if we are looking at things the right way. If we're understanding what God is trying to tell us. The Pharisees expected a Messiah that would come as a conquering king to overthrow Rome. But not just overthrow Rome, but keep them in power because they, they, they thought that I have been so pious and so holy that of course the Messiah would come and we would rule along the Messiah the people expected a messiah that would over uh, overthrow rome too but overthrow them from their religious leaders and say Let, let's live a life as free as we can be separated and here separated from the the cruel leaders that are around us and experience peace and and just joy here in the promised land But they they were looking for a physical king. They were ready to crown Jesus king. And they wanted him to take that place. Even the disciples, his closest, the twelve, missed the point. We see that they didn't understand what was happening during this week. When Jesus predicted his death and was telling them exactly what was going to happen, many of them rebuked Jesus himself. Imagine that. Talking against Jesus and telling him, you don't know what you're talking about. They missed the point because of their false expectations. They wanted and expected God to meet their needs the way they saw fit. And we do that too. We put expectations on God when we come to Jesus. And we say, if I give my life to Jesus, then maybe I'll be blessed. If I give my life to Jesus, then maybe I'll finally see my problems just go away. If I give my life to Jesus, everything will be easier. And so on, and so on, and so on. But that's not what Jesus came to do. That's not what he came to, to show the people. In fact, the fact that he was fulfilling this prophecy showed us and tells us so much if we're willing to look. In those days, if a king would return to a city, if if a king would return to Jerusalem riding on a donkey, it had a meaning. What the people were expecting was a conquering king, if that's exactly what Jesus wanted to give them, he would have. He would have returned to Jerusalem on a horse. That meant he was ready for battle, ready to fight, ready to enter into war. But that's not what he was about instead he came on a donkey's colt and the meaning is clear as day and even the people somewhat understood it they said peace is coming because when a king would enter on a donkey's colt into a city it meant that he was coming in peace But Jesus was coming to bring a different kind of peace. He wasn't there to overthrow Rome and he wasn't there to meet the expectations that they had. But instead he said, I'm here to meet the needs that you have, the ones that you don't even know are there. I've come to bring peace, peace in your spiritual lives. I've come to take your sin. I've come to reconnect you with God. I've come to bring healing. I've come to bring hope I've come to 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 overthrow oppressive systems that are putting you down that are making you think that you are less than I've come to make a sacrifice to give all I am. We miss the point when we put our false expectations on Jesus and assume that he is going to do we want him to but Jesus wants us to bring our focus back to him there at the end of this passage Jesus says uh, he prays over Jerusalem and he weeps over Jerusalem and he says if only you had known if only you had known. If only we could have seen what Jesus was trying to do, what Jesus was trying to 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 tell us. He was there to connect us to reconnect us with God. That was his purpose. That was the what he was trying to do. Jesus is so much more than what we expect and if if he fit if he would fit into our expectations, then we would lose out. On so much. We would lose out on so much. Jesus wants to reconnect us. And immediately after this encounter, that becomes very clear. And one of my favorite stories and encounters in Jesus, he immediately goes into the temple and he starts to see the corruption that is taking place of the money changers, of the people that have 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 rigged the system against others. Those who are coming to seek forgiveness in connection with God and instead they find themselves cheated and robbed and less finding less of what they were looking for. And Jesus goes into the temple and he flips over tables and he tells us, and he tells them, you have come and made this place a den of thieves and robbers when this place, my house, was to be a house of prayer, a place where we connect with God. See, if Jesus was all about just meeting our wants and desires, like some people will say, that like others will tell us. We, we often hear people preaching and teaching and telling us, God will meet the desires of your heart. But there's so much more that he has come to give us. And he says, "Now I'm, I'm here to connect you with me. So I hope that you see this, he tells Jerusalem. He says, you, 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 if only you could see what is right in front of you the religious leaders were looking for the messiah yet they missed him even though he was right in front of them even though he was right in front of them in matthew in the in matthew's account in chapter 21 after he preaches and turns over the tables he begins healing the crippled and the blind that come to him showing us even deeper that he is not there to meet those expectations he's not going to throw off that physical tyranny that we're thinking and, and that could be anything he's not going to just give us money he's not going to just uh he, he, he maybe healing is not even exactly what he wants us to do he's not going to just make us feel better and and, and make us look better or, or whatever it is that we're expecting Jesus to do he says I'm, I'm coming to reconnect you I'm coming to reconnect you. People with disabilities like blindness or crippledness in those days were often outcast. They were not allowed to be in the temple. They were not allowed to be in spaces that everyone else could go to. They had to rely on other people and Jesus healed them and said, I'm reconnecting you with community. I'm reconnecting you with God. I'm bringing you back into the spaces that I want you to be in. If we allow our expectations to dictate how we see God, then we miss out on so much more. N.T. Wright says, as we arrive at Jerusalem with Jesus, the question presses on us. Are we going along for the trip in hope that Jesus would fulfill some of our hopes and desires? Are we ready to sing a song of praise, but only as long as Jesus seems to be doing what we want? The long and dusty pilgrim way of our lives gives us plenty of time to sort out our motives for following Jesus in the first place. Are we ready not only to spread our cloaks on the road in front of him, to do the showy and flamboyant thing, but also now to follow him into trouble, controversy, trial, and death? Jesus wants us to follow him, and he's offering us so much more. Throughout this week, he asked the disciples to follow him, to pray with him, to be with him in this trial, in this controversy. And he says, if you do, you will, you, you will receive what you don't even comprehend. You will receive more of me than you could ever imagine. You will know me more, know me deeper as I connect you and reconnect you with the Father. Reconnect you with God. Reconnect you with the purpose that I have created you for. Or will we will simply go along for the ride. As only as long as Jesus fits our expectations. And our definitions of who he is. Or will we follow him to the end. To the end of the story. To the cross. To the tomb. And to his resurrection. So that we can see What he has in store for us. See, Jesus wants to express who he is to us. He wants to express his love to us. So let us, this Sunday, let us, this Easter season, go along this ride. Let's not miss what Jesus is trying to tell us. Instead of just focusing on the celebration, the loud and flamboyant and showy. Let's see what God wants to do in our lives, in our hearts this year. I want to pray with you today. And I hope that this message is blessing you. And I hope that you're hearing what Jesus has to say to you today. And I want to pray that as we go along this journey, that we would see what God wants us to see and that we would know him deeper today. Father God, we thank you for your word and for this opportunity. We thank you for what you have done for us and as we begin to celebrate the Easter season, let's not miss the point. Let's not set our expectations only to see them failed upon. Let's let you guide us and lead us on this journey and on this road. So that we can see you and we can know you. In your name we pray. Amen. I hope that this message has blessed you. And as we go along this journey together, that we will know Jesus deeper during this season. I want you to know that we're praying for you, that we love you, and we miss you, and we hope to see you soon. Have a blessed week.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry, or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemanualchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurchcom slash gift. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.